The Bible is full of Scripture that says through faith and by faith. But then, when we look in Hebrews 11, verse 11, he begins to talk about the faith of Sarah. And this is where I want to spend a few moments this morning talking about Sarah and her faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. The Bible is talking about Sarah and her faith. Think about Sarah for just a moment. She was Abraham's wife. Notice how Sarah's faith is described here in verse 11. It says, through faith also, Sarah herself. It seems as though there's been a major revelation in just a couple of words here. It seems to me that the Holy Ghost is just hammering out two words here to me. Sarah herself. Emphasizing here that it was not Abraham's faith alone that was used to accomplish something, but... Through faith, Sarah herself. Understand today, family, God does not want us to lean just on the faith of our husband or our wife. He doesn't just want us to rely on the faith of the pastor or our family or a friend. But God wants you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you today. God wants you to develop on the inside of you your own faith that can produce things. Abraham was mighty. Abraham was strong. It would have been easy for Sarah, his wife, to just ride his coattail and celebrate on the many successes and accomplishments that this great man of God had experienced. Just to be his cheerleader. Just to talk about the great things that his faith alone had done in the Lord. But I believe the Lord was saying here, I want you to know that Sarah herself was given faith also to do something just as mighty as her husband Abraham. You may be here today and in your mind you're thinking, well, I just don't have a lot of faith. I'm a nobody. I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. I, I don't have money. I don't have a, a name. I didn't do this. I don't have this degree. I, I, I'm a nobody. I'm too young or I'm too old. My health is limiting me. But listen to me today. God has brought you here into this service for such a time as this to tell you that Sarah herself through faith or youth through faith or you through faith today can accomplish something great we don't have to have a man we don't have to have a woman we don't have to have a board we don't have to have an organization you don't have to have a pastor you don't have to have a preacher come on somebody to come and rescue you out of your situation I've come to tell somebody here today that God can give you a faith all by yourself that you can accomplish great and mighty things if you believe that give Give him a shout of praise in this place. Sarah did something for the Lord herself, and you yourself can too. Do you believe that today? When you don't have somebody, when you don't have something to depend on, if you have yourself and faith in God, then you've got all you need. 
Your faith in God today can produce a miracle. Let me say it again. Your faith in God today can still produce a miracle. Does anybody believe that today? I still believe that today. The Bible says through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive and was delivered of a child. She delivered a child when she was past age. She did it in a time and season in her life when she was older, when it wasn't natural, not supposed to happen. And today it seems that our society has placed a great deal of emphasis on staying young, looking young, feeling young. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, everybody wants to feel young, look young. I'm getting to where I don't feel as young, don't look as young. When I look in the mirror as I did years ago, but there's that pressure, that burden. How many know what I'm talking about? That pressure to put on makeup, to, 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 to uh, get some wrinkle cream, get a new hairdo, get a tan, put some hair color in. Slide or squeeze into some skinny jeans these days, which I, (laughs) come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Botox, all this stuff they have, trying to look young, trying to stay young because you feel like you're past age. How many of you have had some of those wonderful people in your life just to remind you, hey, You're running out of time. You better get married. You're getting older. You're running out of then then you get married and then your family starts telling you better hurry up. It's time you have a child. You're gonna be too old. Anybody ever heard that? Feel that pressure? Or you or you're a teenager and they're telling you you better get your boyfriend, better get your girl. You don't you're getting older, you better hurry up, better better buy that house, better get that car. Your dream that you've got, it clock is ticking, pressure's on. You you better hurry up. You're gonna be past age and then you won't be able to accomplish anything. That's where we find Sarah at in the scriptures that I read. The Bible says she was past age and God waited until she thought it was too late. But how many knows God does his best work when you think it's too late and it's over and nothing's going to happen and then God shows up and says, Sarah, even though you're too old and you're past age, your faith all by yourself, your faith, not your husband's faith, not your mama's faith, not your friend's faith, not the preacher's faith but your faith all by yourself Sarah even though you're past age your faith alone is going to cause a miracle to happen in your life I believe there are some people in this room and I believe there are some people watching online and we'll watch this sermon later today and God has promised somebody something, whether it be in your life, he's promised this church some things. It may be in your ministry. It may be in your business. It may be in your health. It may be in your marriage today. It may be in your finances. But something has been taunting you and telling you it's too late. It's over. 
If it was going to happen, it should have happened a few years ago, and it's never going to happen. You're never going to see it. You're never going to grasp it. You're never going to walk in it. I believe the Lord sent me to this house to somebody to preach and declare. I believe he told me to tell somebody he's going to do what he told you he is going to do even in a season where it don't look possible. Even in a season when we may feel like the underdog. Come on. In a season where we feel like the odds are against us. God told me to tell somebody if he made you a promise you can take it to the bank my friend. If you'll just hold on to your faith because your faith is what's going to produce what God said he's going to do. The Bible said that by faith she conceived at past age. Over in Genesis, let me read it to you. Genesis 18, beginning with verse 9. Listen, it says, Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? He said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. In parentheses here, it says Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. She was eavesdropping on their conversation. Anybody ever done that? Trying to hear what's, trying to catch what's going on. Not even supposed to be any of your business. Not even supposed to be in there with, that was Sarah. What, what, what are they saying? What is going on? She was eavesdropping. Now, Abraham and Sarah, and it says this, so Abraham and Sarah were old. They were well advanced in age. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old and have pleasure, my Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, watch this, Why did Sarah just laugh? <laughs> Why did Sarah just laugh? Uh-oh, she's caught. And he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Watch this. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. She will have a son. Did you notice what's going on here? God sends angels to verify what he said he would do. Abraham has his wife cook a meal while he's talking with angels. His wife sneaks up to the tent door, places her ear at the door of the tent. She begins to listen, and the man speaks and says, Surely the Lord will call Sarah to have a baby. And Sarah's listening outside the tent. She can't blow her cover. She, these words seem so ridiculous. There's no way possible I can have a baby. I'm too old. I'm past the childbearing years it is impossible she's listening and I picture her covering up her mouth at that moment this seems so ridiculous and far-fetched that the Bible says she laughs on the inside anybody ever done that Some, you, somebody said you're going to do this you can do this or accomplish this or something that just blew your mind said yeah right and you laughed on the inside or you laughed under your breath like yeah that's ever going to happen and that was the case with Sarah but God heard her laughing within herself and I've come to tell you if God can hear you laughing on the inside he can hear you praying on the inside he can hear you crying on the inside he can hear you fearful and worrying and moaning and he knows all about where you're at right now and the Bible says she began to laugh 
And God spoke and said through the angel, Why is your wife laughing? And the angel said this again, Is there anything too hard? And here comes the prophecy. He said, I will come at the appointed time, and I will do unto Sarah what I've said I will do. Everybody say after me. I want you to get this. There's nothing too hard for God. Come on. Say it one more time like you believe it. There's... And then say this, and at the appointed time. I need to tell somebody today the timing was not right the last time, but the timing's going to be right in God's time. And at the appointed time, God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And when he does, hell cannot stop God's timing. Man cannot stop God's timing. COVID cannot stop God's timing. Come on, finances and lack of provision cannot stop God's timing. There is no demon in the pit of hell sent on assignment against you or the church of the living God that can stop what God wants to do. There is no sickness. There is no fear. I feel like preaching right here. We feel like we've been wounded and we're just going to have to accept whatever is going to be but I've come to remind you we are children of the mighty living God and with God all things are still possible and if my God be for me, who can be against me and no weapon formed against me shall prosper and God let me remind you about this house and the church he said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it if God said he's going to bring revival he'll bring revival if God said his spirit is going to move it's going to move if God said I'll make a way he'll make a way hallelujah Hallelujah. He's an on-time God and the appointed time. The first time it wasn't the right time, but there is an appointed time and God is going to return to your house. So the question is, did he do for Sarah what he said? Did it happen? Well, if you flip over to Genesis 21 and verse 1, it says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. God is faithful to his promises. Sometimes where we get discouraged is in the in-between. The waiting. The waiting. Understand today the first time that Sarah laughed, it turned God off. When she was laughing on the inside at what God had promised he was going to do for her and her husband. You know what God did? Basically said, okay, you're laughing at my promise. You think I'm just trying to be cute right now. You think I just told you something to give you chill bumps and goose bumps and make you feel good. and uh, you, you think I just wanted to get you excited. Just, I want you to know I'm serious. So since you're laughing and that's a sign that you're not ready for this miracle and promise. I'm going to walk away from you. But at the appointed time, when you're ready, at the right time, I'm going to come back and visit your house and do what I said I would. The first laugh was a sign that she wasn't ready. But God says, I will be 
back. And if you look at chapter 21, verse 1, again it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And I've come to declare to somebody, I've come to declare to Mount Holly Church today, that's what God is going to do. If he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. If he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If he said it's on the way, bless God, it is on the way. Praise if you believe that, come on, give him a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. In Genesis 21, you got to see this. The first time she laughed, it was a sign that she wasn't ready. But look at Genesis 21 again. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived, she bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken unto him and Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him and when Sarah bore to him Isaac and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old as God had commanded him and Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him and watch this Sarah said this God hath made me laugh so that all that here will laugh with me the first time she laughed she snickered and laughed in, on the inside where nobody could hear her but God it was a laugh to God that yeah right there's no way you can do what you just said that seems too far out there that seems too big that seems impossible but the second time and by the way the title of this little message is the second laugh and the second time Sarah laughed she didn't laugh at God she laughed with God and that's what God is about to do in somebody's life. You're going to begin to laugh at some of the things that he's turning around in your life that have been against you, that have walled you out, that have kept you held back. Come on, somebody. And you're going to laugh with God the first time he told you, son or daughter, I want to do this. I want to use you to do this. He, when he said he was going to do it, you laughed under your breath. And said, sure you are. I've done it myself. I shouldn't be standing here today before you. The Lord began to call and deal with me. I'm, I'm, I laughed and laughed. You want me to do what? And over the years as he did things and dreams and visions and felt things in my heart, I'm like, not, not me. And I laughed at those things. And Sarah did. The second time that some of you laugh when God told you things, and the second time you're going to laugh, it won't be at Him, but with Him. And then you're going to say, look what the Lord has done. He's brought joy to my sorrow. He's turned my mourning into dancing. The joy of the Lord has become my, it's my strength. He, he's made things new. He's turned it around. Praise God. Oh, somebody praise Him today. Somebody's going to laugh again. You've, you've been in a season of mourning and weeping and crying at the first time. You know some time ago, you know when God speaks and you know what God has promised. And you know some of you have dreamed dreams about this very house of God. You've seen visions 
visions of things that God wants to do that have not been fulfilled yet. And back then you laughed on the inside. You were even afraid to tell people about it because you was afraid they would laugh at you. But I've come to remind and stir up the dream. I've come to stir up the vision. One more, I've been sent on assignment today to remind you that that was a promise from the Lord. And if you'll be, you'll have faith in God at some point at the right time, he's going to bring it to pass. In that time, you'll be laughing with the Lord, not at Him. Somebody's going to laugh again. God's told you what He wants to do through you. And it sounds so amazing that you're laughing on the inside. And maybe that's why God has seemed or it's felt like He's left you for a season. And you're wondering what's going on. I've come to declare to somebody there is a second laugh coming. Don't give up. Don't quit. God is about to revisit your house. He's about to revisit your family. He's about to revisit your marriage. He's about to visit this church. He's about to revisit your ministry. Come on. And this time you're going to be laughing with Him at what He has done. If the worship team would come this morning, I'm getting ready to close. Not going to take a lot of time to go into this, but let me hit it because it's this is the key, really. Because you can begin to wonder, you begin to think, okay, what, what happened to Sarah to make in between the first and the second life to be prepared and ready for what God wanted to do? What made the difference between the first and second laugh? The first laugh, God walks off and leaves, and then he comes back at an appointed time and does what he promised. What caused God to come back? I understand Sarah loved Abraham, her husband. And after God had promised them a son, God walks away and says, I'll come back at another time. And during that time, if you read your Bible, God sat back and allowed Sarah to go through something powerful. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, tells me what happened between the first laugh and the second laugh. And this is what it says. She was past age because. But what happened? What made God change her laugh and bring joy to her life? The Bible says there that because she judged him faithful who had promised. Why did she laughed the second time and why did this time did it bring joy why did why did God come at a certain time and do what he said because the Bible says she judged him as being faithful the one who had made the promise that's what made the difference what made her do that what what made her judge him faithful what made her say God you've been faithful to me God spoke to Abraham and said, I want you to go to Gerar, this certain place. Abraham tells Sarah, God told us to go there. And Sarah says, well, Abraham, I'll do and go wherever you, you want me to go. She begins packing everything up. And suddenly it just hits her and dawns upon her that Gerar is this place, it's where an evil king resides and by the name of Abimelech. 
He's a heathen. He's idolatrous. He's known for raping women and abusing them. He doesn't fear or love the Jehovah God that Abraham and Sarah worshipped and served. But Abraham said, we're going because God said, we got to go. She says, I'll go on to the way to Gerar. Abraham tells Sarah, his wife, when we get there, and they ask you, you tell them you're my sister, not my wife. And I can imagine this devastates Sarah. She loves her husband. She probably thought, are you ashamed of me, Abraham? Have I done something? Are you not proud of me? What's wrong with me? They get down to Gerar. She's confused. She's hurt. She's devastated. When she gets there, the evil king Abimelech sees her. He sends servants to her to bring her to his palace. And the Bible says when they come, Abraham stands silently. Said, this is not my wife. This is my sister. Aren't you my sister, Sarah? Aren't you my sister? And with tears streaming out of her eyes, down her face, she looks at the love of her life. And she said, I'm his sister, as they drag her off. She gets to the palace. The little servant girls begin to, the process of preparing her for the king, bathing her in lotions and oils and perfumes. They acted like it's some party, but Sarah's probably trembling in fear, thinking, God, where are you at? I know this evil king. I know what he's going to do. Where are you, God? My husband's abandoned me. Where are you, Abraham? What's happening in my life? You made us a promise and we haven't seen it yet. Now I'm having to go through this right now. I thought you loved me. Can you imagine what she's dealing with and what's racing through her mind? I can picture her. She's afraid and desperate. She's not in an atmosphere to which she can really pray and call out on the Lord. But how many knows if God could hear her laugh on the inside, He can hear her at that moment as she's praying on the inside. Help me, God. They get her ready. Her hair is fixed. Her clothes, the oils, the perfumes are on. She knows that within minutes, this evil king is going to come knocking on her door. And she knows what his intentions are to abuse her, to scar her, to harm her, to rape her. And I can imagine as she's in that room, she's wondering, where's the one I was counting on? Let me tell somebody here today struggling with that. People may let you down and people may desert you. People may walk out on you, but there's one who will never leave you nor forsake you. And his name is Jesus. His name is Faithful. Faithful. Suddenly, Sarah begins to hear footsteps. Getting closer and louder, the doorknob turns. In comes this vicious king. And suddenly, as he comes close, he says, Sarah! I was asleep in my bed last night and, and I had planned to come knock on this door and come in here and I had planned to rape you. I had planned to scar you. I had planned to destroy you. But in the middle of the night, I had a nightmare and the God that you serve, Jehovah God, came to me in my dream and he told me who you are, Sarah. And I'm telling somebody here, if you'll pray, God will fight your enemies for you. If you'll pray, God will even tell your enemies who you are and whose you belong, who you belong to. 
I'm telling you the devil wouldn't be messing with some of you like he is if he really knew who you are. You are a child of the king today. Oh, King Abimelech said, Sarah, God told me if I touch you, if I lay one finger on you, I'm a dead man. Notice what he does next. He said, get out of here. And as she starts to leave, she's about to leave the door and get out of there away from him. He says, hold on, wait, wait, wait. You're not leaving like you came. I came as a king in authority. I can do whatever I want to do. I came to harm you. I came to take advantage of you. I came for my benefit. I came to destroy you. I came, but because of your God, I'm not going to take from you anymore. In other words, I'm going to give to you. And the Bible says he gave her maids. He gave her silver. He gave her gold. He gave her fine linens. And she left that place where the camels loaded down with stuff. Amen. Because he's faithful. She walks out of a dark, hopeless situation, one that looked like it was going to destroy her, and she walks out with 40 camels loaded down, and she walks out of that situation saying, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And there's some of you in this room. There's some of you watching. There's some of you listening today. You're in a dark place. You're in an isolated place. You're in a place where you feel like you've been abandoned and forsaken. You're alone. You're hurting. You're confused. You don't know what you're going to do. You have no friend to turn to. You have no family to turn to. You don't know what you're going to do. But I've come to tell somebody listening to me, God has heard your prayer. God has heard your cry today. Some of you in this room have been in places and God has already brought you through. And as you look back, you can say, wow, God, you are faithful. When God saw that Sarah was ready to release that faith. No matter what she was going through, no matter what the present circumstances were, God said, now, now the appointed time has arrived. Now Sarah gets it. Now Sarah understands. See, we want it easy. We, God, you promise you won't do what? God, you promise you're going to Send revival to this church. It's going to be filled and people are going to be hungry and praising and worshiping you. And Oh God, they're going to be lined up down the highway. They can't get in the door. They're going to be giving their hearts to the Lord. All this is going to happen here. But then we hit a bump in the road and have to go through a little something. And then it's over. No. The the bumps in the road, the valleys, the, the sickness, the hurt, the pain, all the things that we have to navigate through in life are what calls us when He brings us through to look back and say, yeah, He's faithful. He's faithful. Rick, when you shared your testimony the other Wednesday night, you blessed me and so many. You were at a low point, about ready to end it. But now you can look back and 
Judge, God was faithful to you in that situation. And you're here today and you're better and stronger because of it. And now you're able to laugh again. Look what the Lord has done. He's brought joy. So some of you here today, when's God going to do what He said He's going to do? When you can judge God faithful and say, you know what, Lord, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I've been through, no matter what's going on, Lord, even if it hasn't worked out like I thought, Lord, while somebody else is getting all the blessing and benefit and I'm struggling over here, God, I still judge you faithful. I still see you faithful. You've still been good to me, God. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to give you my best. I'm closing. Listen. God has let some of you here today and some of you watching go through what you're going through so He can give you what He's about to give you. God has let some of you be beaten and battered by the storms, by abuse, divorce, sickness, all kind of different things you've been through, but you're still here. You're still looking up. And you can still say, through it all, God's been faithful. And now I believe for somebody or for many, He's saying the time is right and I'm going to visit you again and do what I said.